How we doing? FT Live on a Wednesday. Scotty Braun, Eric Kratz, AJ Przinski dancing in North Carolina. And I heard the weather is gorgeous there. So we can't wait to get you back outside, AJ. Very excited about that. How you doing, dude? Uh, the weather actually today is better than expected. Oh, okay. So it's only a 99% chance of rain today instead of 100 like yesterday and today or tomorrow. So it's a little bit interesting. AJ, congratulations to you. If anyone missed it, and you can catch it on our Foul Territory YouTube channel, AJ took down Todd Frazier in Out of the Park Sim 2012 Cincinnati Reds against the 2005 Chicago White Sox. Todd Iguchi. Ow. Yeah. I hurt my arm patting myself on the back. I'm sorry. TJ for AJ. It's all good, dude. Congratulations, though. That was an awesome game. Seriously, it's an hour. If you want to check it out, it plays anytime you want to watch it in terms of like interest. It's not like it's going to be dated because it's it's kind of a fake setup, but it was really cool. The simulation was real. So congrats. You took down Frazier. Frazier made some great moves, though. Xavier Paul into the game, Chapman in the eighth, but then couldn't use him in the ninth. And then uh, props to Kratzy. He was a star last night on NYY News TV's YouTube channel as we did the watch along with the Yankees game. And their community is hilarious and a lot of them following us now. But here's the one thing I want to point out. We brought up the poll question from yesterday. You have one player to start your team. Who are you taking? And there's three of them like with the sly remarks and they go, IKF. <laughs> he was the other. He was, he was the really other. the other. I thought they would say Josh Donaldson or Aaron Hicks. Well, Aaron Hicks is is not really a joke anymore. He's legit. They're looking to trade for him, actually, as Yankee fans are looking to trade for Aaron Hicks. Yes. Aaron Hicks, whew, Aaron Hicks is on fire. Had a huge night again last night. But let's charge the damn man because I think that every single day until they lose, we might have to bring up the Reds during this segment. It is not one, not two, not nine, but ten in a row. For Cincinnati, are you kidding me? You know, by the way, I forgot. Russell Dorsey's joining us in 15 minutes. Who's a Lucy, 10? He's a 10. Yep, Lucy Burge, 10, joining us 10 minutes to the next hour. And then in hour number two, Zach Wheeler, congrats on hitting 10 years of service. And Ty France, who we were watching in yesterday's game. So anyway, AJ, the Cincinnati Reds winning streak will end at what number? Mm, they're going to win today. Okay. So, who do they? Let me look. Who they play tomorrow is my question. Who they got tomorrow? They're they are losing right now. I will say live two nothing in the bottom of the second, but they've got yeah, two okay. on. I'm I'm good though. They're still gonna win. And then they're Off next tomorrow. And then they, yes. oh, Braves Friday, June twenty third. Book it. That, cook it. Probably that's when they lose. Yeah, Luke Weaver on the mound Friday. I, I don't I, care I, who's pitching. They're playing the Braves. They're, it's gonna be rough. Although. If this game continues on the trend it's on right now, I might be able to say to, they're going to lose today. Wow. You really – what a predictive analysis you <laughs> wow. got there. Really wow. hard hitting there. So, uh, Also, my home run pick today is Randy Arozarena, just for the record. Don't give it away. Doesn't so, apply. Yeah, it's fine. Joey Votto um, has not messed up the vibes yet. I got asked that on a Toronto radio station that I was on earlier today doing a, a guest appearance. And they were like, how does Votto fit in? I was like – just fine. <laughs> Did you see him in game one? I <laughs> think they're good. And, you know, more veterans coming back for them soon. But depth is a good problem. I think, if anything, for this team, AJ, the good part of having a few of those veterans coming back is that if the young guys hit Struggle City, which not all five young dudes on this team right now that are playing regularly are going to go well, they actually have someone that can step up and they can either, you know, sit them aside for a little bit, send them down, bring them back up. So that helps the cause. No, I agree. And when we had this conversation the other day, we never said that Joey Votto wasn't going to fit in. We kind of said you have to be careful because they're so hot. You're bringing him back in in the middle of a winning streak. Joey Votto can fit in. He's a veteran guy. He's got a chance to go to the Hall of Fame. And if he does like he did the first game, hitting homers, driving in runs, he's going to be fine. It's just always it's a it's a it's a slippery slope because you're so hot and you have such a momentum. You don't want to put a guy in and it wouldn't have been Joe, just Joey Votto have been anybody and have them just change the dynamics of what they had going. But the way, from what I've seen from Joey Votto, the first couple games, he's been in perfectly. He's having fun with the young guys and he's enjoying the energy, which is what you want. You don't want a veteran guy or someone to come back and change the energy. They want, you want them to embrace it, enjoy it and be a part of it instead of being separate from it. Yeah. Like, Oh, I don't have to, I don't have to do it. You know, I'm just going to be who I am. Like, 
this is my team. No, I don't feel like, I mean, even in spring training, Votto was already like, he was running those skits and he was a talent show host. So he gets kind of his role. And I think we said that day, maybe not so much Votto because Votto's skill set really comes into play with a team like this that already has a ton of energy and a ton of life. Now we just get some professional at-bats from him that the guys can feed off of. Will Myers, on the other hand, is going to be tough to fit in. But again, when guys start struggling, maybe don't even need to send them down. Maybe they just can go ahead and be like, okay, I'll give you a blow here. Who are we, who are we putting in? Oh, Will Myers. Like, it's not a tough – you know, you're not, you're not digging the depths of your minor league system to fill out the roster like the Reds used to have to do. And – Ellie De La Cruz just does another thing. So there's, you know, it's it's all Reds. Everything's coming up Reds right now. And not to be outdone, the San Francisco Giants have won nine games in a row, and most of the country is not talking about it. I feel like I do this every couple weeks. I'm like, are we talking about the Giants enough? Even if we don't believe in them, and I know we've covered them here and there on the show, they've won nine games in a row. And the reason, in my mind, no one's talking about them is from a national perspective, everyone's talking about the Reds, really. I mean, they've called themselves America's team. AJ, why aren't the Giants America's team? I mean, they're not like this power-packed superstar bunch. Sure, they spend more than Cincinnati, but they've been trying to land a franchise player for years, and they can't, right? And you go back years now, going for Giancarlo, and it probably worked out for the best for them in terms of Giancarlo's consistency on the field. They tried for Bryce Harper. They most recently tried for and successfully landed Carlos Correa and were blocked by their own doctor. They just can't find a franchise player. Well, they were so lucky for so many years. They had that guy. And his name was Barry Bonds, and he just hit homers all the time. And then they got lucky, and they got Buster Posey, who was a franchise guy. They still have Brandon Crawford, who might not be that level of superstar, but he's pretty good. He's won some World Series and done a lot of good things for the Giants. They're just looking for that next guy. And the one thing the Giants have done great is called up their young guys, much like the Reds. Their winning coincided kind of with when they brought up their young core. They fit in perfectly, again, with the veteran guys, with Crawford, with Jock Peterson. And their pitching has improved. The reason no one's talking about the Giants is because they're out on the West Coast. And as we all know, there's a little bit of an East Coast bias because people go sleep. But the Giants are on, on fire They've walked the Padres off the last two days. Their bullpen is really good. And the thing is, Gabe Kapler, we've talked about it, deserves a lot of credit. And when you mention that superstar player, Scott, be careful. Because I believe now, after watching Gabe Kapler manage this team, he's better when he has more options. And he's not locked into one lineup. He's better when he can mix and match. Put this guy here. Put this guy here. Do this. Do whatever he has to do. Because then he can gain his platoon advantages, which we know the Giants love. And you never know, like last year they went through kind of maybe what the Cardinals are going through with losing Yadier Molina. What does Buster Posey mean to that team? And now they're kind of, okay, other people are picking up the pieces and they're figuring out ways to win. I mean, newsflash, we're not talking about much. Who has the second best run differential in the National League? The Gigantes. It doesn't matter, though. Scott Scott says it doesn't matter. So it doesn't I agree. Matter. I still think that. Yeah, that's <laughs> not even you making fun of me or trolling me. Like, I actually am not a huge run differential guy. But, but no, it's, it's good to see that they're winning games at a healthy clip. They also won 15-0 against the Dodgers this past weekend and counts as one. Just saying. Sure, but they won nine in a row. Like, yes. Nine no, in a row. I'm not plus, they're not legit. Plus He's the run differential. The run differential stuff. Plus yes. the run differential paints a picture of a team that's two and a half out of a really, really exciting National League West with four teams with a positive run differential. And I think four teams that should be in it, especially if the Padres are now like playing games. Yes, I get it. Hater blew a game. That's fine. That's what happens when you're the closer. You're going to blow games. Walking like, in a run, though, it's tough. He's going to be kicking eh, himself. No, I know. It happens. No doubt. No doubt. I'll I'll take him tomorrow. I'll take him tonight. Oh, I agree. I'm, Hater's a top five closer in the game. Oh, I was going to say he's not a top five closer. Yes, now. he is. He is a I top was gonna five say, Scott's going to say it. He's not. He's not, not a top five closer? No, no. He's not. You're not going to say he's a top five. No, you, he you is just a top said, five closer. You just said he is. Yeah. I was waiting for him to say it, though. Scott's, Scott's less of a troll when he's here at Club 352. It's true. Back-to-back uh, -back walk-off losses sucks for the Padres, too. That actually burns the most. That's that's my storyline here is I'm still not buying the Giants as this World Series contender, but the Giants being good, again, 
sucks for the Padres because this is supposed to be their year and it's another team that's outperforming expectations. That's two, right? I don't think anybody saw the Diamondbacks at this point being here. Not here, though. You thought they'd be better. You didn't think they'd be leading the division by two and a half. And then the Giants in second place, the Dodgers in third, and the Padres in fourth. That's the biggest problem for the Padres is the rest of the division. Everybody's winning. Yes. Everybody's good. And Jock Peterson's lining himself up to possibly be the best free agent bat available outside of a hitter and a pitcher that's available in free agency. Yeah, yeah. But he's almost got a 900 OPS. Wow. Jock Peterson. What team wants Jock Peterson? Cardinals? A team that needs someone that can hit righties only. Also, playoff teams, please. Okay? He's a playoff Pearls. guy. It's called Pearls. Jocktober. Pearls. So, so before we hit the poll question, just a, a couple things to clean up. Number one, this happened, this broke last night. Uh, Will Myers was designated for assignment. He gone. So he gone. He's been out for a while, right? We don't have to worry um, about him burning the chemistry in Cincinnati. No, no. Not the anymore. shoulder issue, and, and then he had the kidney stone. But, I mean, he's hitting a buck 89, 141 plate appearances. They've got too many dudes on the roster. And then number two, great call um, in the chat by our dude. Uh, I believe Toasty pointed this out. The Tyler Malley trade last year with the Twins. The Reds got back Spencer Steer, who's been great. A prospect, Steven Hazer. I'm sure I'm going to mess that up. And then also this dude named Christian and Carnacion Strand, who looks like he's going to be a beast. He's cut down the Ks, the chase. I started locking in on some of his deeper numbers yesterday. He's improving in all the spots that you'd want a swing and miss guy to improve in. So uh, that trade officially goes to the side of the Reds, just like the Marlins won the <laughs> trade with Pablo Lopez and Luis Arise, who's hitting close to 400. Mm. Anyway, let's get to our first poll question of the day. On your screen is a QR code. For the stadium crowd or the YouTube crowd, okay? Go to your browser and type in watchstadium.com slash foul territory if you'd like to play in that way. The question starts with the best stadium to watch a ball game in. And some Reds fans are going to be like, well, it's it's Great American's Park right now because it's a vibe. But in terms of the actual structure of the park, is it Wrigley, Fenway, Camden Yards we put on here, that's my fave, Oracle Park in San Francisco, or scream at us, as in other, and you can throw something else out there. Some some other write-in candidates would be what? Like Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh's beautiful. Beautiful view of the city. Charlotte and AAA. Beautiful view Come of the on. city. Charlotte. Come on. AJ, say the one that you said in the meeting um, on the West Coast. San Diego? Oh, Oakland? Oh. Yeah, everybody gets a foul ball? <laughs> hey, that is kind of awesome. That's awesome. Everybody <laughs> wants a foul ball. That's Here, why here's my thing about Wrigley. And I know Wrigley is a great place and everyone goes to watch it. You could say this however you want. It was so much better before they put the other scoreboards in. The new scoreboards ruined it for me. Yankee Stadium does not qualify for me. And we are about to pop off. And some people in the chat were like, are you not going to mention the White Sox game? (laughs) We're (laughs) going to mention the White Sox game. I'm sorry. The White Sox-Rangers game gets its own segment. And it is called... Pop off. Did I miss something? Did something happen? Yeah, you missed the fact that it's so ridiculous that we need Cookie Pop and Candy Pop to help us absolutely dunk on this entire situation. Uh, AJ, you're going to kick things off for us, and uh, we'll show you some screenshots. We'll mix in maybe some quotes, but Elvis Andrews wins the night for scoring a run because you damn catchers can't stop blocking the plate. Get out of the way for once. So base runners can do their thing and show off their Trey Turner fancy slides. Elvis Andrews was robbed of the perfect slide and he ended up getting the run scored because instant replay overturned it and nobody on the planet expected that to happen. And they've actually been somewhat consistent to not make a call like this. No, I mean, I mean, I, you haven't seen something this bad in a while. Like this one stood out. Everyone's like, Oh, this is fine. Like runs not going to score. No big deal. And then the whole world was shocked. The White Sox were shocked. What happened, AJ? They called Jonah Heim for blocking the plate, which this isn't quite Jim Joyce, Armando Galarraga, perfect game, horrible call that will live forever. This is more Jerry Meals calling uh, Julio Lugo safe in the 19th inning, even though he was clearly out against the Pirates because he wanted to go home. This is that bad. This is one of the worst calls that I've ever seen. Because what the fuck? What the fuck? I said it is Jonah Heim supposed to do? And this is one of the worst rules 
we ever put in baseball. Buster Posey got hurt. We changed the rule because of one guy getting hurt. Run over the damn catcher. Let the catcher block home plate. Jonah Heim, the still shot shows him on the backside of home plate when the throw comes. He then has to go get the ball. He steps across home plate. Elvis Andrews can slide right between them. There is a lane. He tags him out. There's a lane to the inside. Now, the fact that Elvis Andrews didn't have his boy behind him, showing him to slide to the inside, that's on the White Sox. But the fact that an umpire, and I don't know who the umpire was that was in New York, that is an absolutely horrific call. And I'm a White Sox fan. They won the game because of it. That is one of the worst calls I have ever seen in my life, especially replay assisted. And then Bruce Bochy coming out to argue at all of half a mile an hour in his jog is also amazing. And be thankful, MLB, that I wasn't the catcher in this game because not only would have Bochy been ejected, I would have been ejected, and there probably would have been some things ejected from the dugout that I was throwing on the field. So just an absolute disgrace. And we get, why was this even reviewed in the first place? It's an absolutely horrible job by Major League Baseball and whoever the umpires were in New York. Agreed. I mean, it's – Oh, hey, if somebody was at the game, they oh, could tell us only someone knew that this was going to happen, so they casually strolled <laughs> over to the Rangers-White Sox game last night, our boy – Russ Dorsey from Stadium joining us. So was the stadium all like, <gasps> when they heard that? Well, you, you see the, there was nobody in the ballpark that thought that that rule was going to go the White Sox way. You hear Benetti and Stone shocked on, on broadcast. It, it's a bad call. Like you guys opine perfectly, AJ, you opine perfectly on that. They screwed it up, but they go to replay and they screwed it up. Not like, ah, uh, you know, I see like, you got to be definitive. Like, it's not like on the play. It is really tough. We complain about it all the time. How yeah. can that guy get it wrong? Stuff's happening super fast. It is happening super slow in New York. And they screwed it up. Yeah, I, I think this is one where the letter of the law, it was called correctly. Because I'm assuming if there's any portion of the catcher's foot on the plate, that counts as blocking the plate. Uh, and it, it, that doesn't seem right. It's one of those like, hey, a guy could steal second base, but if he pops off the bag by a millimeter, then he's out, right? It's like, no, he, he beat that tag. But uh, is there something that you can do about it? No, it's one of those you got to take it on the chin until they, they change the rule about any part of the catcher blocking the plate is considered blocking. But when you have the entire world see that play, when you got steal shots, when we got – 80 frames in ballparks now when you have the replay review in New York that's supposed to get these calls right, and then you still get it wrong, and then you have the opposing team's broadcast saying how wrong it was, even though it went their way, that's when you have some issues. What? But is that – I didn't I didn't know. That is the rule? Like, you can't have any part of your pinky toe on home plate? I think from what I understand, if – a portion of your foot is blocking some part of the pathway, what is considered the pathway, then it would be blocking. I could be wrong about that, but from how I understand the rule, that's what that's how it was called last night. So until there's something that says it's not that, that's how everybody is seeing what they ruled last night. So, Russ, the yes, thing sir. is, as a former catcher, I was there in 2014 when they implemented this rule. We were told you start inside off the plate, and then wherever the throw takes you, you go. The throw took him there. It wasn't – he didn't just move because he wanted to move and stand there. He moved to the ball, and he actually did it right. He jumped all the way across, and the whole inside was – this is on the White Sox, like I said, in the pop-off, because there was nobody telling him, you know, inside or outside or whatever it was, and he slid directly in. And then, the, again, I, where is the umpire in New York coming out – and this is for all of Major League – I'm not talking about just this rule because this rule – has been stupid since the day they enforced it because I got run over plenty of times. You know what I did? I got up and walked away from every single one of them because I knew how to block the plate properly. And I was like, let's go boys, bring it. You want some of me? We'll get it. You're going to run me over and I'm going to go flying, but I'm going to get up because I'm going to get my feet out of the ground and I'm going to be fine. But where's the umpire in New York? I don't know who it was. Can we get who the umpire in New York was? Can we get them to come on and explain it. Can we get like they do in the NFL where they have a ref on the TV broadcast? I know it's 30 
There's 15 games going. It's hard to have one on every. But can they have a centralized umpire in New York come on and the broadcast and call in and say, hello, Jason Benetti, Steve Stone. This is what we saw. This is what we called. And this is why we called it. And they click. It ends it. Okay. That, that's why. Like on the NFL. Gene Serator yeah. and, and uh, the, the other guy are on there and they say, this is what I see. This is what he's going to see. And this is why it's called. Boom. And everyone's like, it- okay. It's one of those moments where you wish it was almost a national game. Like I know on Friday Night Baseball on Apple, we have two umpires that for situations just like that. So for people at home that don't know what's being talked about, you know, in the headset when they go over and the guys come out on the field and they're talking to New York about what's being seen, what's being called. They are talking about a lot of those things. So, yeah, I I think what a better explanation of why something was called is what you're asking for, right? Like for somebody to come out and say, hey, this is what was called. This is what the rule says. And this is why we made that. Um, I don't know if you're going to necessarily get that. It That sounds, in a perfect world, that's what we probably should have. But I don't know necessarily how you would implement that in 15 games a night over seven months. No, I agree. I, I Unfortunately, that's the world we live in, right? Yeah. So... Is this the game that gets the White Sox going? Is this the game that – is this the call that gets them going? Is this the call? I, Can they look back on this when they win the division in September, October, and they say, that guy in New York, man, he got us going on that Elvis Andrews calls and AL Central champs are going to lose in the first round. I, I have a hard time believing that, AJ. Uh, we talked about the White Sox back the first week of the season – and we said for them to be a really good team this year, uh, guys would have to stay healthy. They have not. Guys would have to produce. They have not. Uh, the starting pitching would has would have to carry them. They have not. Uh, they have a t- team OPS. I mean, a team on base percentage of two ninety three. Is that not good? Is that not they good? are last in all of baseball <laughs> in on base percentage. So they're number one. They're number one. <laughs> they're number one at not getting on base. Yes, that, if <laughs> exactly. you want to put it that way, that's exactly what it is. Uh, some things that I saw yesterday that Aloy Jimenez, you know, hitting a homer to the opposite field. Usually when he gets going, he's driving the ball in the ballpark that way. But they're just so inconsistent, like every other team in the AL Central. But I just don't know with the White Sox if they can get on a consistent enough run where they rattle off 20 games of playing 700 baseball. Russ, you just need to tell AJ the truth. You don't have to sugarcoat it, candy pop it for him. The truth is, on this play, AJ brought it up twice. Nobody was out there telling the runner where to slide. This is a big league baseball team that doesn't do things consistently right, so they will not be good. And it's, yes, you can point out the OP, the on-base percentage, you know, low OPS, all that stuff, until they choose or have somebody that can lead them to making plays consistently right. They won't do it. They don't do things consistently well from a baseball standpoint. And this play exemplified it. And it still went their way. But no, he's gonna have he's gonna have red hair later in the year because the Red Sox are gonna have a better record than the White Sox. And I love this part. Like <laughs> I, I think when you you think about the last four or five-ish years of White Sox baseball, it was they weren't the most fundamentally sound baseball team, right? And I think the play last night is, is a small piece of that. But if you look at it in totality of the last couple of seasons, it is stuff like that that would usually go against the White Sox. It went in their way last night. But that's one of the reasons they brought in Pedro Grafol, right? Like with Tony La Russa, they didn't feel like guys are really locked in fundamentally and, uh, and, and doing the small things that you need to do to win. And I think with the White Sox, especially this season, if you're a good team, you can get away with some things because the talent is going to win out at the end of the day. For a team like the White Sox that are trying so hard to get something going, the the margin for error is so small for them. You can't afford to to, to miss the cutoff man, right? You can't afford to get thrown out at third base uh, with less than two outs. You can't afford not being behind the plate telling your guy to get down because let's say that goes against the White Sox and they end up losing that game. That's something you look back on like, hey, the little things to win. And so, yeah, Krasi, I think you can look at it and say they don't do a lot of the things that good teams do to win ball games. And 
how do you do that? Because now you, you've changed managers two times, right? You go from Ricky Renneria, Tony La Russa, Tony La Russa to Pedro Grafol, and at some point, it ain't the manager's fault. For sure. So this is not a playoff team, the White Sox. I mean, and if they were in any other division, it would just be a clear how many guys are we trading away right now when we get to the deadline. To me, this is an opportunity to shape the franchise again and get the next great White Sox players, Russ, because there are not many sellers right now. And some of the sellers that we thought were going to be there are actually like Cincinnati leading the division. And I think they're going to buy more. So with the White Sox Sox specifically, they actually have a ton of players that would be very valuable in deals. And I think you can get a ton at the deadline because there are going to be so many desperate teams that will say, I really don't want to give this prospect away. But if I don't, I'm getting nothing. And my fan base and my players are going to destroy me. So when it comes to Giolito, Graveman, maybe even Cease, Tim Anderson, go down the line, there's probably... Six to eight guys where I think this current construction of the White Sox has proven that it is not going to be this dynasty powerhouse. I'm going to get to the playoffs every year type of ball club. They really had just one baby run. So don't you think that they should be all the talk over the next month and a half? Yeah, Rick Hahn should should pick, should pick up his phone a lot over the next four weeks. And, and I think you look at starting pitching. Starting pitching is really expensive, right, in free agency. But during the season, especially with the extra wild card, as you mentioned, Scott, there's a lot of teams looking around like, hey, man, we only a couple of games back in that second wild card spot. We're good money. I think what happens with that is you got to be really realistic now uh, with that second wild card spot because there are some teams that – are not playoff teams, right? There are teams that are not a true contender, but you could probably talk yourself into it. If you look at the standings, like, hey, you know, we're only four and a half games back with two and a half months to go. If we stand pat, maybe we add a little bit. Maybe we can make a push. I think for the White Sox, you look at the starting pitching, G. Lito on an expiring deal. You know, Lance Lynn obviously has the, the player option. And he's the guy, if he pitches like the Lance Lynn that struck out 16, and not like the Lance Lynn that we saw for the first two months of the season. That's a guy that's very valuable, has some postseason experience. Uh, Kendall Graveman in the back, and Joe Kelly maybe. Uh, do I think they trade Tim Anderson? My gut says no, but then again, it's a guy who's going to be a free agent after the end of next season, so maybe there is value there. Is it more valuable in the offseason? Maybe so, but that's a guy that still also has to build up some value because he hasn't played his best baseball here in 2023. So they definitely have pieces to move, and, and I'm with you, Scott. Like For a team that we thought was going to go on a, a run for a couple of seasons. They had maybe one or two before that ended and that window closed. You probably should start thinking about the future again. And I know White Sox fans don't want to hear that, like AJ and my dad, but uh, <laughs> you got to have those conversations. Hey, I'm all for whatever helps them win for a long time. I, I don't want a team that one year and then, oh, off a cliff. Like, yeah. I want to figure out a way to build for a long time. My question is, what value does Tim Anderson have? He has... This many homers, Russ. Do you see how many? As many home runs as you have in your career and Scott combined. Yeah, but AJ, AJ, just like last week when I was kind of slipping and I was off my game, and what did I do? I went to Kratz's. It's called a change of scenery. I don't think at, what is he, 29 years old, he's done. I just, I don't don't think that's the case. I'm just saying you want to trade him now, though, when his value is an all-time low. Well, but, but he's only got a year and change left on his deal with the White Sox, Russ. And then, no, that's why I would say if, if you don't trade him this year, you let him build back some of that value over the rest of the season. Let's he gets healthy, starts hitting. This guy won a batting championship, uh, batting title a couple of years ago. And so you look at the resume, and you're like, all right, Tim Anderson's going to hit. It's the thing he's been able to do since he got the big leagues. He's going to be able uh, to run the base as well. The defense has been shaky here in 2023. Maybe that's a focus thing. That's something you can try to fix the rest of the way. And then if a deal comes to you in the offseason, maybe you make a move then. Maybe you don't. And then you trade him at the deadline next year. But you have more time as far as Tim Anderson goes than you do for Lance Lynn or Lucas Giolito, where you know the, the, the tenure is probably over when you look at where the White Sox are. I think with TA, you still have a little bit of time to decide what you want to do. Okay, Russ, let's get your answer to our first poll question. Best ballpark in the bigs, or at least for you, where would you want to go if you've got one spot to go to? I literally had this conversation with somebody at the ballpark yesterday. I am going to say Oracle Park in San Francisco. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where I'm a Midwest kid. 
I love the cool temperatures at first pitch. It's around 55, 60 degrees. You have the marine air. Uh, you have the, the, the birds flying around the ballpark. It's a beautiful scene. They got the garlic fries there, if that's what you're into. Uh, I love that ballpark, having McCovey Cove in the background, the brick. They brought in the fences a little bit, so you see the ball fly a little bit more. But uh, I would say that's probably my favorite ballpark in the big leagues. Russ, that shoe over your left shoulder, is that Jordan 7? This here? That is oh, not. Oh, okay, sorry. It looked like it was. Because I was at I was at the store yesterday and I picked these up for you. You see the colors? Okay, I see you. I see you. Listen, AJ, anytime I, you want to uh, deliver your boy. Just, I got these just because of that men's college World Series game we didn't get to talk about. <sighs> the colors? You know what? You know, I'm glad you brought this up, AJ. My uh, <laughs> ORU Golden Eagles got bounced by TCU yesterday. Yes, they did. But listen, man, we're a small baseball oh, community at ORU. Small community. It's, it's me, my guy, Jose Trevino, Jordan Romano. We all went to school together. So, like, it's just the three of us, you know, representing. And then I had guys text me, hey, man, you coming to Omaha? I can't. I can't. I got to do my show. But I'm really proud of those guys. They made it. Uh, they did, went a long way, right, in, in the College World Series. First time since 1978 that they got there. I don't think this is going to be their last time. Uh, congrats to Ryan Fulmer, pitching coach Wes Davis. They uh, represented very well uh, at the College World Series. I agree. I, I give you you and your boys a lot of credit. Nice showing by the boys at Oral Roberts. Russ, great to see you, dude. We'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. And uh, visit cookiepopcandypop.com and enter code FOULBALL for 20% off. And as you're going there, you can curse and be like, F you, MLB. Let the ump speak to us and explain himself. This is ridiculous. And then you can take a big bite of Cookie Pop Candy Pop. First poll question coming to a close. Best ballpark in the biz right now. Russ said Oracle Park. Here's why I'm a hard disagree on that. Everything except for the part that he brought up at the jump is the weather. I don't want to watch a game in 50. No, I don't I mean, want I'm to a 90 degree guy. So 50, no, no thanks. And in July, you're like, ah, summer, kick back. And you're like, no nope. jacket. Okay. <laughs> Freezing. Eh, no. Seals. That's the problem. Everything else, nailed it. AJ, where's your spot? Oracle. Really? It's awesome place to watch. That's Oracle. your favorite? To watch a game? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to do a broadcast from, Pittsburgh and Oracle are my two favorite. Because okay. you have great views. And you're not too high, you're not too low, you're right, perfect, good booths in both. And you, in San Francisco, you're looking out over the bay. Pittsburgh, you're looking out over the river at the city. Uh, those two are they're pretty tough to beat. Like I said earlier, Wrigley for me, mm -mm. Uh, since they put the scoreboards in, it used to be awesome. You'd be catching, you could see the city, and you could see the people out on the houses. They put those giant scoreboards up. You can't see anything but giant scoreboards now. I'm like, dude, what, you ruined the vibe. Got to make that bread. Dude, plus they took down the stupid – they took down the best sign in the world. The yeah. Emus Catulli sign it. That had all the numbers on it, except for when they reset it to zero. That sucked. But yeah. when it was like zero, eight, ten, hundred, six, 106, it was awesome to go there and be like, you guys suck for 106 years. <laughs> you know what big scoreboards mean? Big sponsorship deals. Big money. Saying, um, for me, I'm a Camden Yards guy. It's got like the – the old school majestic bringing MLB into the generation of sick ballparks that make you still feel like you're not necessarily in 2023. The brick, the food for me is number one. So, and I know my diet's no. different, but what do you got? I mean, as a player, I love playing in Fenway. Fenway was awesome. As a fan experience, I'm a tick too tall for some of the seats in there. My knees go in the back of somebody's shoulders. <laughs> fan experience, I really love parks that you are right on top of the field how everything goes straight up mm -hmm. so i love watching games at citizens bank if you sit up high enough behind home plate in philly you can see the skyline in philly as long as the smoke isn't covering the skyline that's uh, not it yeah you love minnesota you love minnesota then minnesota skyline I've never yep. straight up and it's such a – it's Minnesota Stadium has, like, the smallest footprint of any stadium in MLB. And I, I love that. I love that feel. I love Milwaukee's feel. They're both, like, short, short and straight up, and it feels like everybody's on it. For a dome, I'm definitely taking Milwaukee. What? 
Best one. Over Seattle? For sure. Oh, Seattle's dude. just too good. You have too much Brewer love in you, buddy. I do. It's a, and it's, Philly love. It's deep. Yeah, and it's deep. I, I, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Yeah. Gosh, well, it's, Brewers Field is awful. No. American it, Family Miller Park Brewery. Connection. Dri- drippy roof, rainy roof, yeah. bad I'm shadows. Yeah. I'm not I'm not bougie. I'm not bougie like <laughs> you where I need I needed to be able to make sure everything is perfect. I need my champagne and caviar. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been back and forth, Camden and Wrigley for <laughs> the poll. And let's bring up our next poll, which is the Scotty B special. And again, you can uh, vote, please vote, especially on this one by scanning the QR code. Or you go to watchstadium.com slash foul territory and you can vote on this question. Should umpires be demoted after bad calls? Yes, no, three strikes, and you're out. I actually like that. Three strikes and you're out, right? So if if you fuck up three times. Three is too too little. Because players don't screw up. You can not, tell not, when not ball are... strike calls. Like no, 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 if you three... have one of those plays from the other night and you let that happen. Or you're not going to get. You're not going to get three of those. You need to go to arbitration or something and defend yourself. <laughs> like we we need to hear from these people. MLB has an accountability issue. Oh, they're totally. they're moving cities and the owner doesn't have to speak, and yet you get community dollars from both cities for years, and you don't have to speak. You can just be behind the scenes like this evil bad guy in a movie. And it's the same thing with the umps. For me, whether it's an MLB thing or an ump union thing, umps for your union even it's better if you let the guy speak. Like even when Lance Lynn had rough times and and he comes on the show and says, I fucking suck right now. That's good for the sport. It's good for your character. We want human beings. Just be honest. Human beings speak though. Yep. Just throwing that out there. All right. Two other things I wanted to hit on. Number one, just a quick shout out to Matt Olson so I don't forget it. He was on the show yesterday. What did he do? Danger. Yeah. FT Magic. It was me. Uh, it was you because you carried that interview. AJ AJ brought him in. You know what I did? I introduced him to the breakfast cheesesteak. He's never had. Yeah, you have to. He's you probably crushing to. one. He probably crushed one this morning. So good. And then Marcus Stroman again. You want you want to win money? Just bet on Stroman days. Also, are you kidding me? With and it, the line kept moving yesterday, but I think it started at like minus one twenty five money line for the Cubs. I'm like, is this a joke? I'm like, is something wrong with Stro? Yeah, seven shutty, five hits, five Ks, and he he is a two two eight ERA leading the National League. So. Ready for this, AJ? The starting pitcher for the National League in the All-Star game will be Marcus Stroman, and then he will be traded 10 days later. Yeah, I, I can't fight it. He's been really good, like really good. And that sinker plays anywhere, even in Wrigley, even in that NL Central with all those small ballparks. That sinker is just going, whew. And you know what the best part about Marcus Stroman is? Because I ain't playing anymore and I don't have to face him or watch him, his act. His confidence, his, you know, let's go, boys, jump on. Hell yeah. You know why? Because if I was in the other dugout, I'd be like, screw you, dude. I'm coming after your ass. But I ain't playing anymore. Go get him, Strokes. Do what you do, buddy. <laughs> Are you afraid? Are you afraid, AJ, if you're a team that's like, I need starting pitching, I got to I gotta, I gotta trade for Strowman, and they're probably going to think, okay, we got to extend him. Is he still the same guy when he's not in a free agent opt-out type of situation? I would want to think he is. I don't think his attitude has changed over the years, has it? No. And I, I think he's always been that way. He's, he's always and been I think he's cocky, confident, whatever you want to call it. Same dude. He's like, I'm coming. And uh, I don't think he's going to change where he goes. Heck, I think he might go up. The only thing you worry about now with the sinker ball guy, Kratz, you know this, they get, they get excited because they're like, oh, I got to pitch good. I got to pitch good. So what am I going to do? I'm going to try and throw it harder instead of throwing it slower and letting it move more. So that's the one thing I would worry about. It is moving like crazy right now. And normally you need a guy that's like not necessarily tall, but like a, a large hand that that ball can really get enough pressure to be able to go that direction for him. And it is, it's like video game esque. He's not going to punch out a lot of guys. So whoever gets traded to, you definitely have to be able to play defense, but Holy smokes. It is as much as he's flashy, he is just putting up bagels almost every night. And it is so consistently good right now. Stro show, fun to watch. I'm all about it. Very entertaining. Scotty Braun, Eric Kratz, AJ Przinski, and Lucy Burge. Good to see you, Lucy. How are you today? 
I am great. How are you guys? Look who decided to show up for one of my appearances. AJ Przinsky. It's great to see you again. <laughs> oh, no. Last time he was terrified. So I'm glad he got some balls and came back. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, we're, there's, there were some things that we weren't going to talk about, you know, but your Red Sox are hot. And I've been riding your Brian Bayo picks a lot. So thank you for that. And Tonight, my lock may or may not have something to do with the Red Sox, so we'll see how it goes. Love okay. that. This is very exciting. I'm so happy that I made the graphic and now we're friends again. Yes, we can all <laughs> be on the graphic today, see? We've got four slots, so you missed it last time, AJ. Lucy is official. It's official. FT official. She's on the graphic now. So, okay, two things I want to do first before we get into locks. Number one, poll question. And Lucy, you can give us a response as we show the results here on stadium uh should umpires be demoted for making bad calls i mean players most people in their jobs like you get dinged if, if you don't do things well and yeah maybe it's not you know first time you fuck up but your thoughts the answers were either yes no or three strikes and you're out i think it should be uh well they should be i think no three strikes you get one strike and you're out if you are bad at your job and mess fuck up as much as a lot of umpires do and as badly as some umpires do then you should be demoted there should be a system where like yep you're you're out of this umpire crew if you fuck up so badly then yes you should be and Boom. i i think that it's one strike and you're out not even three strikes get him out of here <laughs> I like it. Hey, yes is winning right now in the polls. Three strikes and you're out is like a very, very solid second. And almost nobody obviously is going to say, yeah, just, just let them do their thing. My thing is accountability. Just like, please explain. Exactly. It's crazy that they don't. I think it's crazy that they're not, and they're not held accountable and that it makes my blood boil. These guys honest. had to talk to media. Um should have to talk to media too. Exactly. There you go. There you go. That's exactly. what they should have to do. They should have to stand up and face the media. Yeah. They should have to fine. do it even more so than you did because sometimes it, it hinges more upon their decisions than than what you do on the field. So I think that that's really outrageous, to be honest. Before you go, keep yes. the updates coming on the submarine because oh I will. Oh believe me, I will update you're all you in. on this. You're all in. All in. I've got it on every screen everywhere. And so it's this is a beautiful crop of, of bets, and I will keep being an eye on those and the submarine. Thank you. Yes. Covered. Good luck, everyone. Let's get yeah. some cash Thank tonight. You. Okay, so I want to hit in the weeds. Okay, something that we didn't get to from earlier on in the show that many of you wanted to hear about was Garrett Cole's performance. We watched it from start to finish, pitch by pitch, and exactly what you're looking at on AJ's screen is what is standing out to us. Garrett Cole did a little Dikembe Mutombo, and originally we thought that he was looking at the batter. He was looking at Scott Service, which is awesome. A little back and forth with player manager, a little bit of fun. I'm all about it. What what led up to this? That's what I, you guys watched the game. I didn't unfortunately didn't get to watch that game. I was too busy watching guys slide into home plate, be called out, and be called safe for no reason. So what was it? Did he didn't he throw one over a guy's head and Scott Service yelled at him and then Garrett Cole's like, no 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 no, I'm just going to punch him out and walk off the field and give you the the finger because didn't he strike out the side when he gave the Dikembe Matamba? Oh yeah, strikeouts six, seven, and eight. Oh, yeah. oh, the boys yeah. needed it. Appreciation Banged station. It. Yeah, um, but Let's no, it, it was cool. Mad. Let's get Garrett Cole mad, Scott Service. That seems like a good idea. <laughs> He's not good enough anyway, so we're gonna piss him off and make him throw that. Even harder. He he definitely did throw it even harder. He did, but was, he wasn't getting swing and miss as much early uh, with two strikes. Two strikes, they were they were on him. I mean, it wasn't great contact, but it was contact. He wasn't putting guys away the same. And and my guy Scotty was a little worried. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, if he gets any traffic, he's gonna pick up one or two strikeouts. And then right at the end, I said he's gonna probably wear like 70 pitches. And I say he's probably going to about 110 pitches. He fell short at 105. And at the end, Garrett's like, okay, I'm going to start throwing cheese. And he punched out the side in his last inning. But the whole thing was – the whole precipice was from when Caballero is a notorious – I saw a tweet the other day. He had like a 86-second timeout. Somehow he was <laughs> able to keep – like he was in the box, in the box, waited until – and he always does it with two strikes. He waits until a pitcher's about to throw and he calls time. And then he strolls around the box. It's legal. He's very deliberate. All legal. It's his. I like it. It's his. The caballero. He's the. He's the horseman. And 
He flips his bat up. Then he goes and he gets in the box partially. And Dambolino's back there like, no, like, you know, waving it off so far, waving it off. And then he goes and stands in the box and he finally is set. And then Dambolino gives this. And Cole goes 97 to the top of the net, just like Victor Wimbayam, <laughs> Wimbayami <laughs> threw his first pitch. Garrett's was less close. And then it was, we'll see. You got no shot. I'm giving you what I got because these are my last pitches. And big fella got us eight punchies for the parlay. Yeah, parlay. Um, yeah, Cole, he was he was fastball in the zone a little bit too much in the nitro zone a few times here and there, but it's one of, yeah. no, no, earlier, yeah. earlier. That's why that's, and if you're, if you have his kind of heat and movement on the heater, you can get away with that. Right. And you don't need to go to, he doesn't, that's why Garrett Cole's so good. He doesn't need to go to the smelling salts fastball every time. He doesn't need to go to the velo slap. He's got a three run lead. He's not going to pile up the strikeouts until whoop, now it's time. I'm emptying the tank. But then it was right here every time. Ugh. Top, uh, you know, a, a baseball or two above the zone. It's tempting, but you can't get to it. So, nope. uh, one other in the weeds before we're joined by Ty France from the Seattle Mariners. More on that game and, and life in France. Uh, tra- Shohei Otani trade update. This is coming straight from the source, not Otani, because he doesn't really speak to media. But <laughs> the Angels general manager, Perry Manazian, said on Tuesday that the club's not trading him. And here's one of the quotes. I think anybody who has watched us play or looked at where we're at in the standings, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We like him. We hope he's here for a long time. It's pretty self-explanatory with where we're at. I agree. I mean, it's not a conversation regardless of his status and if you think he's going to leave. This team is 41 and 33. They've won 11 of 14 games. Shouldn't be a conversation right now. In fairness to the ball club, they're playing good enough to not warrant questions about the trade status of their best player. Agree? hundred percent. This shouldn't even be an option right now because they're not going to trade them. If they're in first place, they're in last place, they're 50 games out. Guess what the angels aren't going to do. They're not trading Shohei Otani this year. They're going to let free agency play out and he's going to walk that way. And they're going to get their supplemental, whatever, blah, 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 pick they get for offering him a qualifying offer and, and being like, yeah, the Dodgers gave me $7 billion ownership of the team and every piece of whatever they want, real estate or whatever, parking from Frank McCord. He's going to throw in some parking money he's still getting. I mean, it's they're not trading him. I don't care. This is like, a to me, we're talking about in the weeds. This is an irrelevant quote because they're not trading him. So why do we even ask this question anymore? They're not going to trade Shohei Adani. No, and that's, the easiest, that's the easiest thing that could have happened for this ownership. Because now if the team was terrible and they were like, wait a minute, you didn't two years ago, you didn't trade Shohei. Last year, you didn't trade Shohei. And now this year again, we're bad and you didn't trade Shohei. So for Artie Moreno, who I think is the one pushing that button, of course. Perry Manasian's the one that takes his curly hair out there and he goes, well, <laughs> we're not trading him. Yeah, well, no, duh. Like, it's a, it's a mute point now and it should never be asked again. But – they got to get something for him. They can't just take the second best pitcher from TCU because, you know, they got an extra pick from the Shohei, dis, you know, disqualifying offer. They're not going to get anything for him because they're not going to trade him. What do you mean? No, no, no. I'm saying, like, they should get something out of it. A playoff appearance. Oh, yes, they should yes. get Because the I'm saying the pick, the pick that they get is not, like, they're not getting the number one pick overall. No, no, they're not. It's a comp. I think it might even be a third or fourth because of the way the – um, the luxury tax fits. I got to look back, but it's not yeah. much. So. It's not. It's not much. And the Angels haven't drafted real well. No, they're you know they one year they went all pitchers. Let's yes. slap hands. It's crisp. I didn't hear you say ball, AJ. Every day he says it. What do you mean? During slap hands, you didn't say ball. Oh, because uh, yeah, you've changed now that Scott's left. Yeah, what left. happened, dude? You've changed. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing confidence in my <laughs> framing ability. <laughs> my framing ability. Uh, so two things. Number one, um, the latest edition of Legends Territory is out now. If you want to hear Ron Gardenhire, former Twins manager and other roles in the game, uh, talk shit about AJ Przinsky, <laughs> then you can give that a listen. Tap in. Welcome to the club. 
<laughs> right. He is a, a valid member of that club. He had a lot to say about a number of topics, including why can't the Minnesota Twins beat the damn Yankees? So Apple, Spotify, YouTube, the whole deal. Legends territory is a vibe always. So check it out. Um, and also he talked about letting Big Poppy go, which that was... Not, not, he didn't want to. No, he did not. He pleaded for they him. And then he was like, him. he was like, ah, well, you got to watch it. Yeah. Managers do not get to make that decision. And lastly, do we have the Stroman tweet? Can we show that? Do we have that in the, uh, in the arsenal still on the menu? No. Okay. We'll show it tomorrow then. Um, Stroman clapping back and some people. No surprise. So it. yeah. Do your thing, Stro. Uh, Kratz hats. So yesterday I had a hat. I'll have to recirculate it, but you got rained out. So I had my. USA North Carolina hat, carry North Carolina. So today we just went Yankees. Since I did the game yesterday, Yankees spring training hat, which I have. The reason I wore it was because the spring training hats now suck for bald guys because they have all the mesh on the back and bald guys can't wear mesh. So you put the hat on in spring training. It's sunny Florida. Sometimes it's at four o'clock every day. It rains. And your head gets absolutely scorched. So whoever created those hats, stop. Go back to these. These are nice. Full mesh spring training hat. Also, by the way, in the Yanks logo, the, oh, what yeah. is that? The, the Yanks the logo Yankees. in the Yanks logo. It's very pro. Very well, pro. Before, before we go, I got to wish a happy birthday to two people. One, Rick Camp Putcliffe. Happy birthday. And two, The Bake Show. I don't know if you guys ever played with Jeff Baker. One of the most sarcastic funny not. dudes of the all catcher? time. No, no, no. Jeff ba- I think it's Jeff Baker, the infielder. Oh, no. No, I hope so, because the Bake Show, nicknamed the guy who got 10 years on Saturday, Brad Hand Smokey, one of my buddies. So if it's, I hope it's you, Bake. And if it is, happy birthday. And Adam Jones back with us tomorrow. Eloy Jimenez joining us tomorrow. And some of the sandlot casts yeah from the movie so aj are you out is that why you're out tomorrow uh it's it's 50 50 depending on the weather depending on the weather if the weather is not good then i'm gonna miss out on pinehurst number two to come hang out with you fools stay tuned for an update on social from aj if he'll join the show and talk to his boy eloy and he'll have to watch sandlot tomorrow morning if they're joining us yeah eloy's joining us eloy see you thursday on ft live hi mom Spicy Ball is back for BetMGM sports players. Download the BetMGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account and place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Got to use that promo code SPICYBALL. Always bet responsibly. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLING.